Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Let's get our Bibles today. I want to direct your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 18 through 20. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Every now and then, I think it is good to preach about things that we do in church that is often looked at as being a church habit or a church culture, something that we do. And, and I know new people have to get acclimated to it, but a lot of times we forget why we do things. We do. We forget why we do things. And so today I'm going to talk about the power of amen. I'm going to remind you and remind us today why we say amen. Why do we say amen while we're preaching or while we're singing or somebody's testifying and somebody shouts out, amen? Why do we do that? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. But as God is true, I wish that if you had your Bible, one of these Sundays I'm going to do, bring your Bible to church Sunday. You can bring your iPhone, your iPad, but bring you a Bible. Praise God. If so, do the neighbors at least know where you're going? I haven't preached in a long time, so I'm going to meddle probably some and pastor a little bit today. But uh, God is true, isn't he? Our words toward you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Sylvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. That's old King James writing, but we would say it is not yes and no, but it is in him yes. Everybody say yes. Then this powerful verse, for all the promises of God in him are yea, are yes, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Lord, we love you today and we thank you, God, for the promises. Every promise in the book that's related to your people, we claim it today. We expect it, Lord, to be fulfilled. Your promises, Lord, of strength, your promise of peace, your promise of hope, your promise, O oh God, to keep us in the hour of temptation. Your promises, Lord, are yes, emphatic and sure. And to that we say amen. amen. We thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. I heard something uh, the other day that struck me. 
the person was talking and it mentioned the, the death of, queen, of the Queen of England. The Queen of England is held in high regard and honor in England and around the world. Wherever she goes, she's got an entourage. The crowds part when she comes and, 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 and the, the traffic has to stop and they give her high honor. But do you know she has no power to make a law? Or she had no power. She's gone now, but she had no power to make a law. And this person made a, an observation and it just struck me that that's the way a lot of people treat God. High honor, great respect, but don't let him make a law for you. High honor, great respect, great worship, but don't live what you're worshiping. Sing the songs, but don't live it. Preach it, but don't live it. Honor him, but don't live it. But what I want to tell you today is that when, when we're living in a world that is messed up as our world, we need a group of people that are called by God that live the book they preach, they sing, they teach, the God they honor. Amen. I want his law. I want his law as much as I want his liberty. Amen. But there is a concept of uncertainty that is pervading our culture today. Every race, every culture, every faith-based organization or religion is, is impacted by this concept. This, this concept is constricting. It, it, it puts people in locks and bonds and stocks. It puts them in a place that they cannot get out. This belief that I'm talking about today holds our culture hostage. This belief has robbed the church world, a progressive revival, and it has rendered the people of God anemic in some way when they embrace this idea and belief. This belief that I see that is growing in our culture is the belief of maybe. Everybody say maybe. Maybe there is a God. Maybe there isn't. Amen. Maybe. The doctrine of maybe feeds on skepticism, doubt, fear, and disbelief. Daily, the business world teeters on the brink of ruin because of the unpredictable markets that rise and fall on the idea of maybe. Daily, the church is being damaged by doctrines that is coming not from heaven, but from the pits of hell that says, maybe I was wrong about this, or Maybe that, that teaching about family is really not right. Maybe. Maybe has become the standard of thinking that has gripped people's minds as well. Amen. Maybe I'm going to be all right today. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm going to get COVID. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I should wear a mask and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should quarantine and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe. Maybe. Life is troubled by these pressures of maybe. Maybe the right people are going to get elected and maybe the right wrong people are going to get elected. I do not know. Amen. The doctrine of maybe has always been uh, uh, connected to an idea of approximately. I'm almost there. I've got faith, but I'm like the Queen of England. I'll honor God, but, but maybe he can't do anything for me. 
Amen. Maybe Jesus died for me and rose again. Maybe. Maybe there is hope for my soul. Maybe. Maybe Jesus loves me. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe I got the Holy Ghost like the Bible says, or maybe I don't. Maybe the apostolic message is right, or maybe the apostolic message is wrong. Maybe I will live in victory, or maybe I won't. Maybe Jesus heals. Maybe there's a heaven. Maybe there's a hell. Amen? Amen. Maybe God can do the impossible. I don't know. Maybe uncertainty has gripped the hearts of people's mind to destroy your faith and to destroy my faith. So we walk down the road of approximate, almost, maybe. I'm going to give you an example. This is from some years ago when Larry King had a show called Larry King Live and he interviewed at that time, the fastest growing, largest mega church pastor in America. Mr. Creek King says, What if you're Jewish or Muslim and you don't accept Christ at all? Will you go to heaven? This so called evangelical, charismatic pastor said, You know, I'm very careful about saying who would and wouldn't go to heaven. I don't know. That's what he said. Larry King, if you believe you have to believe in Christ, they're wrong, aren't they? The pastor, well, I don't know if I believe they're wrong. I believe here's what the Bible teaches from the Christian faith. This is what I believe, but I just think that only God will judge a person's heart. I will spend a lot of time in India. I've spent a lot of time in India with my father. I don't know all their religion, but I know they love God, and I don't know. I've seen their sincerity, so I don't know. These are exact quotes. I don't know from me. And what the Bible teaches, I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mr. King, how about issues that the church are dealing with right now? Abortion, same-sex marriages. Yeah, the pastor said, you know, Larry, I just don't go there. I just don't go there. Well, you have thoughts, don't you? Larry says, and the pastor said, I have thoughts, I just don't know. I don't think that same-sex marriage is the way God intended it to be. I don't think abortion is the best. I think there are other, you know, a better way to live your life, but I'm not going to condemn those people. You don't call them sinners? The pastor said, I don't. Mr. King said, is that a word you don't use? The pastor said, I don't use it, referring to sinners. I never thought about it, but I probably don't. I would like to say to the pastor of this mega church, you got a mega maybe belief that has caused you to go down a road that says no, because eventually maybe leads to no. Amen. The doctrine of maybe is a deceptive and destructive doctrine. And don't let us think for one moment, if we're not vigilant, if we're not 
uh, persistent and saying, this is the final authority. This is the doctrine that we got to believe. Whatever my God says is what I say. There is no maybe to him. There is no I don't know to him. His word is clear. Everything in life, there is a principle in this book that will help you find an answer and you can put practical applications and the Holy Ghost will help you if you'll allow it. This generation needs a certain sound. This generation needs a doctrinal uh, infusion of truth. Our God is true. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 37, let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. We need to say the yeses and the noes, not the maybes. We need to say the yeses and the noes and not the maybes. Somebody say amen. amen. Paul said that Silvanus and Timotheus and himself went preaching about Christ. And it was not yea and nay, but it was yes. The gospel is not a yea and nay gospel. It is not here today and there tomorrow. The gospel of Jesus Christ is universal. It doesn't vacillate just because it wants to be relevant. It is always relevant. This gospel of Jesus Christ has been relevant for thousands of years and has saved, uh, uh, no telling how many million people have been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, buried in his name, filled with his spirit, uh, no telling how many have been transformed, amen, and who are we in this generation in 2022 to begin to redefine what the gospel is and simply make statements like that famous pastor, I don't know, I don't know I don't know well can I tell you Paul knew and he said it is yay the gospel is not some ambivalent unclear gospel that's why the world hates it truth doesn't dither or waver or go vacillating back and forth amen we don't preach a pendulum Pentecost message we preach a yes message. I realize there are things that change, but when it comes to this message, it'll never change. It will never change. And by God's grace, I want to make sure I always preach the unchanging message. And I want to see a church that believes and lives this unchanging message. Hallelujah. Malachi records the, the prophetic word of the Lord. It says in 3 and 6, I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I am the Lord. We serve a God today that is not a might be God. He is the I am God. He is not a kind of good God. He is the only good God. He is a sure foundation. He is the faithful and true. He is Jesus the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. He's the same. Hallelujah. Holiness cannot be rationalized by just simply putting together our belief and say this is what we want holiness to look like. The gospel is not a guessing game that you can roll the dice and pick up whatever you want to do. It's not based on hunches. It's not based on supposition. It's not based on speculations. It's not based upon people surmising and suspicion. I believe the gospel is a yes gospel. Do you believe that with me today? The psalmist said in 33 and 11, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. I don't care what they do at Congress. It doesn't matter what they do in Hollywood. It doesn't matter what they do in the White House. It doesn't matter what they do in Senate. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. God is not indecisive nor fickle. He's not standing in heaven twiddling his thumbs and saying, what do I do about same-sex marriage? He's not twiddling his thumbs about what is going on in our culture, amen, and all the mess of this world. He's not saying, what do I do? His truth is unchangeable. It's the same truth that was preached yesterday that was preached a hundred years ago a thousand years ago the same truth hallelujah the counsel of the Lord standeth forever James 1:17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh from the father of lights in whom there is no variableness there is neither shadow of turning. He doesn't vary and vacillate one degree. In a world filled with inconsistency, in a world filled with immaturity and immorality, in a world that is filled with insecurity, and in a world that is so messed up, don't know who they are, can I tell you, God knows who you are, God knows who he is, and it hasn't changed. Let me point you to a story in the Old Testament that shows to us the power and the principle of saying amen. Joshua and the children of Israel entered into the promised land. A new generation steps foot into an old promise, a new vision, a new mission from God. Go possess the promises of God. How many of you want to possess the promises of God with me? Israel's recent history is they had triumphed at Jericho and the walls had fallen and they had taken down that city. Amen. Then all, all because of disobedience by one person, they were defeated at Ai. They got that right, had repentance and restoration, got their house in order, and Israel was on the move again, marching conquering, claiming the promise of God. They would say as back in the CB days, they had the pedal to the metal. They were marching and moving. They had momentum. The enemy was on the ropes and running scared before them. But after the victory at Ai, Joshua led the people 30 miles north to a place called Shechem in a valley between two mountains, one called Ebal and the other called Jezreem. There's a pause here in the action because God had instructed them by Moses' command that when they get to the promised land, they were to go to this particular place. Twice, Moses had instructed the Israelites to pause at Mount Jezreel and Mount Ebal. And, and we find it in Deuteronomy 11 and Deuteronomy 27. He had instructed them to pause there for a reason. 
In Deuteronomy 27, 11, and Moses charged the people the same day, saying, they shall stand upon Jezreel to bless the people when you come over Jordan, Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Joseph and Benjamin. And these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad and Asher and Zebulun and Dan and Naphtali. Half of the people was positioned on Mount Jezreel and half of the other was on the slopes of Mount Ebal. Sitting front and center in this this beautiful picture is the Ark of the Covenant surrounded by the priest in the valley between the two mountains. On one side was the ones that were going to say amen to the curses. And on the other side were going to be those that say amen to the blessings. And then Moses began to list the things that they are to say amen to. In Deuteronomy 27 and verse 15, he said, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and put it in a secret place, and all the people shall answer, Amen. Cursed be he, he said in verse 16, that dishonors his father and his mother. Amen. Let me just read a few of these. Look at verse 18. Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way. And they would say, Amen. Can you help me a little bit here? Cursed be he that, that perverteth the judgment of the strangers and the followers and the widows. And the people would say, Amen. Then look at verse 26. Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them. And the people would say, and so they read all the curses. They read all the judgment. They read everything. And, and, and we've got one side over here that is saying amen to the curses while the other side is sitting silent, uh, amen, waiting for uh, that opportunity. But all of Israel was there collectively. We find in, verse, in chapter 28 in verse 3, and, and then they were to say yes and amen to the blessings. In verse 3, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. And everybody would say, blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. In verse 6, and everybody would say, in verse 8, the Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in thy storehouse and all thy setting thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And everybody would say, Woo. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. Verse 11. And in the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. And they would say, Hallelujah. Then in verse 13, and the Lord shall make thee, uh, make thy, thee thy, the head, <coughs> excuse me, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou hearken unto the commandment of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and do them. And everybody would say, this is what was going on for hours, no doubt. There was amens ringing out through the hills of Mount Ebal and Mount Jezreel as all the people of God were shouting amen. What were they doing? They were saying, we're saying amen to the bad stuff and we're saying amen to the good stuff. We say amen to the judgments and we say amen to the blessing. We're living in a day 
where everybody wants to be on the blessing side and say amen to the blessing. But can I tell you the word of God is true. Amen. When it comes time, he's going to judge. When it comes time, he's going to pass judgment. And I believe that we need to say amen to the word of God. Some people today are like the word of God, like going to Golden Corral. I want this, I want that, I want just a little of this. No, I'm not going to take that. Don't want any of that, don't want any of this, just give me a little bit of that. Right? And that's the way the world today is receiving the word of God. Amen, I'll take a little bit of it, but don't let me have all of it. But what God said in principle is the children of Israel were to answer amen to the whole word of God, to the whole counsel of God, to things that on the left that they didn't like and things on the right they didn't like. Amen. Everybody wants to be blessed. But I want to tell you, blessings are contingent upon obedience. And if there's rebellion, there will be judgment. And everybody ought to say amen. Can I tell you the word of God is still the word of God? Amen. It's still the word of God whether you got in and heard it the first message in the 70s, if the 50s or in the 30s. It does not matter when you first heard the word and it stirred your soul and produced an amen and you're sitting there as a new Christian and all of a sudden the word of God is going forth and before you know it, an amen comes out of your mouth. What are you doing? I'm saying I agree. I accept. That's the truth. Amen. Amen is one of the few words in Scripture that is written in the original Hebrew form. Like hallelujah. Amen is universal. Wherever you go, when you say hallelujah, everybody knows what you're saying. When you say amen, everybody knows what you're saying. It's a universal word. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen is derived from the root word in the Hebrew, aman, which means to bring, to be firm, or to be solid in the sense of permanency. To be sure, to be faithful. To, you hear the phrase, so be it. Everybody say, so be it. Or it is so. When you say amen, you're expressing agreement as well as affirming. Amen affirms truth as being absolute and, uh, and certain. Amen is more than just a cheer. Amen is more than just simply saying that's a good message. It means more than, a, than the assessment of the message that is being preached. It doesn't merely mean I approve. Say amen because I approve. I approve of that. That sounds good. I like that. I like how he said that. I like how, how that is being put out there. I approve. Amen. Neither does it mean good thought, brother. It's a good thought, pastor. Amen. Praise God. It's more than a byword. It's more than a Pentecostal tradition. When you say amen, it is a holy response. We are in right now, we are in judicial session. 
Right now, the church of the living God is in order. We are carrying kingdom business on right now. We are establishing what's going to happen this week, this month, and this year, maybe in this very service. And by my intent and by my interest and by my engagement, I'm about to reach out and grab the promise of God that I'm going to need tomorrow. And it's going to be more than just simply, Pastor, that's a good thought, or I like that or good little hand clap it's amen I receive that in Jesus name I take that on in Jesus name oh praise be to God amen is saying Lord I believe and I receive I hold on to this word as conviction not maybe message not a yes today and a no tomorrow I hold this word as being firm and yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen is an important part of our service. Not just simply because it's a habit, but we do it because we're reaching out with the finger of faith and we are grabbing the promises of God. When you say amen, you take faith and you reach out like you would with a finger and you grab it and you bring it in. When you say amen, it's not about how you feel at the moment. It's not whether that part of the service was exciting to you or whether it got you emotionally hyped, but when you say, oh, that's the word of God. And so when I say amen, I reach out by faith and I bring it into my life. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, you ought to say amen in the teaching when it's boring and dry. You ought to say amen when it's exciting and the, and the preacher's hollering and he's standing on the pulpit. You ought to say amen when he runs the aisles and when he doesn't. What, I'm, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying here's why we say amen because I want the promises of God that are being preached by the word of God. That's right, Raleigh. Amen. When we say amen, we're saying, I believe that what God has said is perfect, absolute, true, faithful. It's as solemn as an oath in agreement with God. I don't want to throw out an amen just because I'm throwing it out. But I want to say amen because it's a, it's, it's a connection with my promise. Israel's advancement into the promised land was directly related to how they responded to the word in Mount Ebo and Mount Jezreel. You want to step in the promise? I want to step in the promise. Then I need to be ready to hear the word of God, to hear the word. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I want to hear the word of God, but I also want to return it by saying amen. amen. Now, we've got all kinds of hearers in the church world today all kinds of that, that none of these belong to mpc okay i'm just gonna just gonna say none of them belong here we've got the hearers that say i've heard that before these kind of hearers always remember i heard that before some of you have heard parts of this message before i've heard that before hmm Jesus said in Matthew 13 and 15, 
For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have been closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted, and I should heal them. Oh, God, let my ears open up. Let me hear what you're saying in the Word of God. Hallelujah. You know, I've watched our, our pastors and our bishop as we heard great preaching Amen. Watching that and I'm thinking, oh God, I, 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 I want to say amen to that. I want to make sure that I'm saying amen so that my, my ears have not got stopped up and I can't hear the word that I need, that I haven't become so entangled with my past life and, and what it was and, and how that it used to be that I can't hear what God is saying to me today. I don't know about you, but I need a word from God for today. I need a word from God for now. Now, I need a word for God today. Amen. We've got those that I've heard that before. We've got those that hear like watching a movie. A lot of people today, and again, this is not here. This is, this is just for your, your, your casual benefit. We've got a lot of people today that have reduced preaching to a spectator sport. Sitting in the pew. And we want, we want that word to be done a certain way. And we want them to handle themselves in a certain way. And if it isn't my favorite preacher, then, then I'm not going to listen as much. And I might be missing something. You hear what I'm saying? I don't sit with a remote in my hand. Oh, how I'd like to fast forward some stuff right past that thing that stepped on my toes. <laughs> Preaching has never been meant for entertainment. We're in legislation right now for the kingdom of God. Amen. Preach the word, Paul said. Be instant in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with Great patience and careful instruction, he told Timothy. He said, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Men will not put up instead to suit their own desires. The NIV says they have gathered around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Amen. It doesn't matter today if somebody's preaching their philosophy. I can't say amen to philosophy. I can't say amen to one man's idea about how to live your best life now. I've got to say amen to the book. I want to get back to the book and say amen to this great book. Hallelujah. This is the word of God that's going to keep me in this hour. So we got the I've heard that, the Hollywood here. I've got a couple more, and these are all off my gill head. So if you, if you want to Google it, you won't find it. Then there's the critical here. Again, we don't have any of this. They're the ones that sit down and take notes just so they can find miscues, mispronunciations. Huh. Let me pick that message apart. I want to tell you who's the worst for this, and God help them, and God help me, I'm part of them, is preachers. And sometimes I preach at conference and I think, 
they're just sitting there picking this apart. I don't want to be a nitpicker when it comes to the Word of God. I don't want to be caught up in comparative out analysis like I'm standing off of some football commentator watching play by play. Good job. Oh, look at that. You see how he put that together and put this together and put that. Woo, that's awesome. I want to find the meat of that word so I can say amen. Don't get caught up in the trappings and the, and the foundation and the, and the storytelling to where it, that becomes the, the focus of your mind. Listen for the word. Listen for the word because it just might be in the middle of that story telling and the crafting of, of the sermon and the, the homiletics of that message that, that God has got something for you. Right. Something for you. But I want to be those hearers that hear and say, Amen. 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 Yes, Go with me back to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 where Paul said, for all the promises of God, all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen under the glory of God by us. I've taught you this before, but let me teach it to you again. All the promises of God are in Jesus. Say that with me. All the promises of God are in Jesus. The word in here in the Greek, in the original text is the Greek word en, which is a primary preposition denoting a fixed position, a place, a state, or time. It says all the promises of God are fixed in Jesus. Everything is in, he is the proper place for your promise. He's the right person for your promise. He's the right presence for your promise. Amen. So I want to make sure that I find out how to get the promises of God that are in Jesus to me. They are in him and in him, amen. It's interesting, in the English you have the word I in at the, at the, at the part of in him and then in, in the second in him, amen, is a different Greek word, is the Greek word dia. It's a primary preposition denoting the channel of an act through which are the means or instrument by which anything is affected of the one who is the author of the action as well as the instrument by which that action occurs. So when we say that all the promises of, of God are in Jesus, we, the, what the writer is saying is that they're in a fixed position and they are in him a man as the instrument by which it comes to me. So the promises of God are in him and they come to me through him. But what is the key? The key word is amen. Amen energizes the instrument of the promise of God. All the promises of God are in him. And if I'm going to get them out of him and to me, I've got to learn to say amen. Some of you may say it louder than others. Some may whisper under their breath. But if you say it with sincerity before God, what you're saying is that I want what's in him in me. I want what he has for me. And the way I'm going to get it is by saying amen. They're in him. Jesus in scripture is the absolute of heaven. Revelation teaches us that he is the amen of heaven. 
I mean, he is the truth of heaven. He is the absolute of heaven. He is the faithfulness of heaven. He's the affirmation of of an unseen God. He is perfect in all his ways. Therefore, his promises are perfect. Jesus Christ is the word. Hear me. Jesus Christ is the word, and he is the amen to that word. Woo! Boy, that make, uh, my dad say that make a mummy shout. Look with me, Revelation 7 and verse 11. And all the angels stood around about the throne, about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. And what were they saying? And what were they saying? What were they saying? What were they saying? saying? Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power Be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. It started, their worship started with amen, so be it, and it ended with so be it. Uh, Hallelujah. They don't have to get primed and pumped uh, because they already believed uh, before they ever started worshiping around the throne. Uh, Hallelujah. No matter how many promises God has made for his people, they are yes in Christ. uh, And through him, the amen is spoken by us and releases that promise to us. Amen. All promises. Every chapter, every verse conditional, unconditional, are related to whether I say amen or not. We say amen to the word because the response to the word is what dictates and determines my reception. Say it again. My response to the word is what dictates my reception. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. I don't want to be distracted so that my reception can be diverted. I don't want my mind to be on everything else, balancing my checkbook, clipping my nails. I don't want to be my mind on, on anything else that is going on. I don't want to be checking my Facebook post, checking my eBay. eBay. We still got that? Hallelujah. I walked by somebody praying years and years ago. And I walked by and they're checking their eBay while they're kneeling down in the beginning of service prayer. And I thought, you ain't getting much out of service. You might get that, but you're not going to get much out of service. I didn't tell them that, but I wanted to. When we come to the house of God, you didn't just come to see me. You didn't come to see each other. Hallelujah. You didn't come for, for that's all part of it. Thank God for fellowship. But when you come to the house of God, amen, his church is in order. And in the order of his church, he's preparing his people for whatever is coming. Amen. And it may not be the whole message. It may be just a segment. And if I miss it, I might miss what I need tomorrow. So, Lord, let me stay glued to what is being said because I'm going to get my promise. Whatever that is, I'm going to get it in that. And when I hear it, I'm going to say amen. Praise be to God. When we say amen, we're saying, God, you got what I need. God, you got what I need. When the devil comes to tell you maybe, your amen says, shut up. I believe the word. I believe the word. Put up Revelation 22 and 20. 
I want to show you something here, Revelation 22 and 20. Praise God. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Isn't that a powerful verse? I come quickly. Amen. He's coming quickly. Then look at the next verse. Praise God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You know what that is? Anybody open your Bible can look and make sure I'm verifying, fact check me, whatever, is that that's the last book in the Bible, last verse of the Bible. Last word of the Bible. Okay? Most every other book ends with the end, doesn't it? It's done. It's finished. Our book ends with God's birth book ends with amen. What that does is that takes a Holy Ghost lasso and throws it all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and pulls it together and says everything between Genesis 1 and 1 in the beginning God created to back to Revelation and the very last word of the Bible is amen. It is saying prophetically and clearly, so be it. So be it. Everything that was written, everything that, that ever story that was written, amen, those that were in and those that didn't get in were didn't get in for a purpose, uh, amen, but because uh, we find that, 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 that we receive the word of God by saying amen, hallelujah. When you get down to the last day of your Bible reading and you come to the last verse and the very last word, it let it be a reminder, so be it everything before it. I take it, I may not understand it all, I may not have everything in homiletical and hermeneutical order, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to receive it. So when I say amen to the book, I'm saying amen to creator. When I say amen to the book, I'm saying amen to the healer. When I say amen to the book, I say amen to the redeemer. I say amen to the savior. I say amen to the almighty God. I say amen to the Elohim that Bishop talked about and the Jehovah that Bishop talked about. I say amen. I say amen. Oh, glory be to God. Can you lift your voice right now and thank the Lord for his word? Hallelujah. Well, you say, that's great, Pastor. But if you notice the verse before that, he said that Jesus is coming, amen. And he hasn't yet come, but he's still coming. It may not be today, but it may be today. It may not be tomorrow, but it may be tomorrow. But I'm going to say amen because Jesus is coming. I say amen. I say amen to his word. I say amen to Jesus' name baptism as being the correct formula for baptism. I say amen that the Holy Ghost infilling is not just a side show. It is a mandate for redemption. I just I, I, I say amen to the hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. I say amen, amen, amen. Not maybe, not I don't know, but I, I can tell you I don't know all this, Brother Jason. But what I do know, I'm going to say amen to. I'm going to say amen to. Our 
I think it's great to cheer while the preaching is going on. That's fine. Clap your hands while preaching is going on. That's fine. I know of a church that the men take off their tie and throw it at the preacher while he's preaching. Go ahead. I prefer $100 bills. <laughs> Amen. You, 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 can, you can stand on your head and stack greasy BBs. You can do whatever you want to, however you want to, but you're not going to get anything until you say amen. When you say amen. I preached this message several years ago, or one like this, uh, in, in Florida. Bishop Shelby was in the, in the building. It was in Florida, in the, the district there, and he could not lift his hand, his arm, just up to the, just like that. When we got through, he started shouting, Brother Chris, down the aisle, Amen! Amen! You know, Brother Shelby, <laughs> he's given all he got, Amen, and it wasn't just one pass, and all of a sudden that arm's up here like this as he's worshiping and saying, Amen, glory to be to God. What have we missed that we didn't say amen for? I want every promise that God has for me. Stand, please. I want to ignite the amenners in our church. I want to ignite those that have a voice to say amen. Don't stop. Don't stop. Amen. If you want to pat, clap your hands, if you would like to shout and cheer, for, for that's fine. That's great. That might make the preacher feel pretty good. But to get what you need, you better say amen. Because that's Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.